she complete me. Welcome to the Status Update Podcast. This is where you talk. Oh, I wasn't <laughs> sure. I was, I was thinking, I was thinking you were uh, you were gonna say that, and then there's gonna be like a little intro music that played or something like that. Nah, dude, we're live. We're live. <laughs> All right. Why don't you introduce yourself for the um, for the folks that are listening? Uh, I'm Zach. Uh, Zach Christensen. I'm a graphic designer from Connecticut. And, uh, yeah, I do a bunch of other stuff, too. Just a creative mind. I know. <laughs> Super creative. So what got you What you got you got interested in graphic design? Uh, it, so when I was, like, I want to say 11 or 12, I used to play Call of Duty competitively. <laughs> so I, um, in, in, like, competitive Call of Duty and other, like, video games, like, People have like logos and all this other stuff for their teams. So uh, I just got into making stuff for for my Call of Duty teams, and like it all sucked because I was like 12 and I was just learning. But yeah, it's kind of cool because I uh, I got into my career that way. Yeah, that's pretty dope. I mean, we all start somewhere. Yeah, exactly. So I know I've tapped you to do a bunch of freaking graphic design over the last like year, year and a half. Mm-hmm. So how is it to work with people? I know you do a bunch of freelance stuff. Uh, it depends. Depends on the client, honestly. Some clients are super easy and they don't have high expectations and they like what you make right away and others are just... There's some times where I just want to send people their money back and be like, I'm done. Like, go <laughs> hire someone else. <laughs> because it gets to a point where it's like what what do you want from me you know what i mean so um yeah no it it varies there's a huge variety of people and and different people have different expectations so what's been your favorite project so far freelance wise Uh, i honestly can't think of one off the top of my head i did a cover art for a song that's in 2k one time that was kind of cool (laughs) Yeah, and that client was pretty pretty easy. It wasn't anything crazy. Um, I did have a client recently that was kind of annoying to work with because they they wanted like all creative control and all creative direction because they were coming from a major label. So um, I just had to listen to them and be like, "All right, here you go." And I hated it. Like Dang. biggest client I've ever had. I didn't even post the work anywhere on social media, anywhere in my portfolio, nothing. So that kind of sucks. But yeah, I mean, you get all kinds of different people. So yeah, I can imagine. Like, I remember last year, literally, you you explaining how like different artists and comedians and different people have like so many freaking restrictions. Like when you were yeah. working on the the a boogie freaking <laughs> that whole thing, it's like. Working with anyone, you just deal with their agent or whoever giving you feedback or saying no, sending images that suck. Yeah, yeah, no, that it that's the toughest part is dealing with people who aren't like technical and they don't understand like what I'm asking for or something like that. Like like you said with like image quality. I remember I did a poster for ASAP Ferg. And I sent the picture back to his manager like five times. Like, can you please send me a picture 
with this like specific quality and they kept sending back trash pictures and it was like i don't i can't spell it out anymore so yeah that that's definitely an issue and uh, working with big artists like that they're all about their image so like they'll send you one picture and like that's all you get to use yeah it's like yo i might just go online and find something else <laughs> yeah exactly this. Yeah, so it's I actually I did that with ASAP for after I didn't get the picture that I wanted, so and I ended up getting approved somehow. So that was cool. They completely forgot anyway. Yeah. So what do you do outside of graphic design? What's your life like outside of that? Uh what do I don't know. I I'm a designer full time for my job, (laughs) so uh that consumes most of my week besides that. I play video games and watch sports. <laughs> That's pretty much it right now. Can't do anything else because you can't leave the house. I did have a question. I remember I wanted to ask you this when I first saw it, but I forgot to. What was what are your what are your thoughts on the freaking Rams new logo? Oh, I okay. So I don't <laughs> hate it. the The thing is, people will when logos come out, people love to just hate on it right away without understanding the thought process that goes into logos so i mean you have i believe nike designed their logo you have one of the best creative teams in the world working on this it's not just one guy it's a team of people and they came to a decision that i'm sure was probably better than most of the other stuff they drew up and while you'll have people who who make their own logos and say like they should have done this it it's hard to go against a team of professionals who who know what they're doing you know what i mean yeah so i mean i always like to say like oh i would have done this differently or whatever but when you look at the the la monogram that they made it's it's really not it works pretty well like, if you sit there with a pen and paper as someone who's never made a logo before and you try to make an L.A. monogram with the horn that works in the way that it does for Rams, it's not easy. <laughs> like, especially to get it geometrically perfect and all of that. It's so much more goes into it than, like, someone with a pen just drawing something. You know what I mean? Yeah. What is uh, what are What do you talk to people about when they ask you to, like, draw logos? Because I know, like... It just isn't as easy as people think. Yeah, so usually when, when I do a logo, I'll start with a contract and all that, and then I'll get into sketching and trying to come up with something that's uh, unique to the brand because nobody just wants a, a cookie-cutter logo, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, for example, I, I worked on a logo for a insurance company uh, in Connecticut. And uh, there's a few things that go into it. Uh, the state of Connecticut, insurance, um, and the name of the brand all ties into insurance in Connecticut, basically. So what we came up with was a, a logo that uh, acts as a shield. And the shield has a cutout of Connecticut in the shield, which also uh, makes the letter C. So when you're trying to take something and fit all of these ideas into it 
cohesively and and you get to that final product that is everything just works together perfect there's like literally no better feeling than that Mm. but it's like it's so hard to get to that point like countless sketches countless everything and then once you sketch a concept that works to get it all to work together geometrically to make it perfect is is a whole nother task you know what i mean yeah i can only imagine like um one of the things i know i asked you about the book cover this is like have you ever done a book cover before no it's like it's a crazy different like thing but the graphic design element of it is like something well within your your realm of possibility yeah and i've done covers for other stuff like reports and stuff like that so it's not like i was just doing something that i've I've never done before like well i've never done a book cover i've done music cover arts and i've done covers for like reports and stuff like i've said so when you take the two and put them together you kind of you can figure it out the one thing that's different about a book cover though is um how it prints like Mm -hmm you got a proof and it was like totally different. So that's when you got to go back. Literally half of print design is just getting a proof, (laughs) going back, making sure it's good, getting another proof, going back, making sure it's good. And it, what sucks is every book is going to get trimmed differently. Mm -hmm. All every single book does not get trimmed the same. So while the border might look perfect on one book, it'll look slightly off on another book. And when like, that's the toughest part is trying to like account for those things without getting too like specific, because if you try and get it perfect for every book, you're just going to drive yourself insane. Mm. What was it? What was it like um, making a book cover? Uh, It was a little different, but I mean, a lot of it's the same because it's, it's still, it's more art than it is functional design. Mm which is different for me because I I love functional design, but I can also do artistic stuff digitally. Like there's, to me, there's a difference between graphic design and digital art, but a lot of people don't understand that difference. What is that? What is that? What is the difference? So like, let me try to explain this. So when I'm doing like a cover art, it's called a cover art. So I view it as more digital art rather than um, graphic design, even though they kind of overlap with each other because it's not functional. So when when you go to a website and you're uh, using their interface and doing something with design, it's functional design. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Where as a designer, it is my job to create something that is usable. Whether you're looking at a menu or a website or um, a map with directions, it's my job as the designer to communicate an idea to something visual that is easy to comprehend. When you're working on a book or a cover art or something like that, it doesn't necessarily need to be comprehensible. It could be anything. Mm. Right? So that's kind of the difference between functional design and designing for 
a book or a cover art or a poster or anything. Anyone can be a digital artist and they can claim whatever they want to be art, but not everybody totally understands functional design and how to communicate a message to be visual for people to understand. Yeah, I think that, that that's like super interesting because I've been doing like, I did a bunch of research on book covers. Mm-hmm. So I know that that whole entire process is like so different than, I don't know. It, it just, it, it is, it's a different tool. You're using it for advertising and marketing. Like the book cover is the biggest piece of marketing your book that you could possibly find. Yeah. People unfortunately judge books by their covers like if it's a trash cover i'm not even gonna look at it um Mm -hmm. necessarily so how do you how do you approach that as far as the marketing piece of it uh well exactly what you said where people judge book by covers i mean it's it's 100 true and it's it's funny because i do a lot more a lot of my freelance stuff is in music and i do a lot of like cover arts and um kind of marketing for for smaller artists and one of my like selling points for an artist who doesn't want to pay for good cover art they just get bad cover art is um there there's multiple people who work at labels or an a and r at a big label which is someone who basically just listens to unsigned artists for a living trying to find that the next big juice world or billy eilish or whoever for their label to sign and profit off of so there's a lot of these people who on record have said if the artist's image isn't good if the cover art isn't good i'm not even going to listen to their music which is crazy because there's probably some pretty good artists out there who don't work on their image they just focus on music and they're probably great musicians but their image isn't up to par and so that kind of ties into to like book design where if if you put out a book and the cover is just not good, it's it looks amateur and how it's designed, people aren't going to read it because they're not going to take it seriously. Mm-hmm. And it all kind of works the same as as designing for music or designing for a game or designing for anything. Yeah, I think I think like the the branding piece is so big. Um, I know so many people almost like put it to the wayside as far as like the importance of that, like no matter what your content is, if your branding isn't on point, if people don't just, they don't like you aesthetically, you might not even get a chance to, to be even be heard or be read or whatever. Your product is just not going to get bought. Yeah, exactly. And that, that's one thing that people I wish understood more is when they, no matter how much time and effort you put into something, it's, your image that really either makes it something amazing or something that people don't take seriously or don't don't want to invest into Mm. if you don't want to invest in yourself why would somebody else want to invest into you you know what i mean yeah it's like you gotta you gotta be willing to to set yourself up for the most success possible. And like the old saying, like it takes money to make money. It really does. Like you need to be willing to buy a really good cover, work with a really good artist and have them spend some time with you, making sure your image is the way it needs Mm -hmm. to be for when it's a product, because ultimately people are going to buy what they like seeing. And then it's your job, obviously as the 
artist to be to make it effective in doing this job yeah and that's uh that's one thing that logic who i don't i'm not a huge fan of logic's music but um i believe all of his cover arts or most of his cover arts since the beginning have been all designed by this guy named sam spratt who is a uh he's a amazing digital artist all of logic's cover arts are um done by him and they're all digitally painted and it's amazing work that this guy does and he does work for all kinds of people mm-hmm. but um logic's attention to detail and everything that he does visually is something that i really appreciate as someone who doesn't like his music that much just as a listener but i can appreciate him as an artist for that reason mm. That's important. So what is um what does an effective marketing plan look like? I know some people who listen are definitely into their own personal branding. A lot of people like are into products and stuff like that that are selling. What is a what is a good marketing plan look like to you? Uh there's so much that goes into it <laughs> that it, it's it's tough. So I'll try to give like a, a brief overview of of a marketing plan, I guess. And it, it varies depending on what you're trying to market. If you're trying to market a product versus marketing a song versus marketing a book versus marketing a blog, like they're how about so... How about we go with, <laughs> I know there, there's like, it's like a huge question. Yeah. How about we go with uh, music and maybe like a book or something? Cause you know, selfishly, <laughs> I love that. So, so they're, they're kind of two different things. So uh, if you go the route of music, what you're trying to promote a lot of the time is a song that is two minutes, three minutes. It's not very long, but it's still hard to get people to listen to that mm-hmm. two or three minute song. People just don't. It's weird how people <laughs> react to things like there will be people who just decide not to check out a song that could take them 30 seconds to decide if they like the song or not. Literally, if you hear the first 30 seconds of a song, you know if you like it or don't like it or want to listen again. And it is hard to get people to listen to it. Um, so a lot of the times what, what I'll do when I'm trying to help promote songs for people is include snippets of a song for like that 20, 30 seconds so that people can hear it on social media. And if they decide that they like it, they'll, they'll go add it to their playlist on Spotify, Apple Music, whatever. Um, and hopefully people like it. Hopefully you're putting out good music and then they will continue to stream it. If the song isn't very good, then you kind of ruin your chance for people to, to go listen to it on, on streaming services. Um, but I mean, that's just, you need to bet on yourself. If you're putting out bad content and people get a preview and they don't like it, then that's too bad. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? That's the, that's the content. Yeah, so, um, but marketing a book is something totally different because, well, you can listen to a song and in two to three minutes, you read a book in, what, six hours, eight hours, ten hours, it's, yeah. it is a time commitment, <laughs> so, so, um, trying to get people interested in a book is, is interesting, and it's something that I, I'm not totally well-versed in, but, um, it's something that, it, you have to approach it in a really in a totally different way than than anything else because there's there's really not a great way to provide a snippet of 
such a large piece of work. Mm. Like movie trailers are able to do it well because you can fit it into like a one and a half, two minute video that shows scenes from everything. You can't really do that with a book. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can in a way, but it's it's different. Yeah, I've seen. So like, I've seen people. It's been a, it's been a ride just learning how people market things like books. Mm-hmm. There's like a community on Instagram. It's called Bookstagram, and it's people taking pictures of books, and they have huge following counts that literally just are people who follow people who take pictures of books. And <laughs> like, it could be super effective because if you're someone that wants to find a new book, you're going to see like what the newest book is or whatever on these accounts. So I've seen people use like that type of thing, but I don't know what the, I don't know what that conversion looks like. Like, yeah, it's, it's hard. Like, are you getting because, sales off that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's tough because people don't want to read. Um, yeah. when they when they find stuff so one thing i do when i'm doing advertising for um like ads you'll see on websites or social media or whatever um go to any social media account on instagram um and if they have a say a business they have posts that have text on them and posts that don't have text on them i can almost guarantee you every single image that is posted with no text is going to have more likes and engagement than a post with text on it. Because what's interesting is people are able to pick up ads like that at this day and age. Like we, it's like we have built in ad blockers on our head almost Mm. where you see text on an image and you scroll right past it. So it's hard to, to market a book because the only way to market a book is through explaining what it is. Yeah. That in the cover Besides that, you don't have a whole lot of visuals besides the cover mm-hmm. because it's it's a novel. Um, you don't have video of of the characters or anything like that. So it's hard. And, and one thing that I think is wise to market a book in a way that people will want to engage in it is to share the process of making the book. Mm-hmm. rather than just the summary itself because if you just share the summary in in a post of words on instagram or facebook or whatever it's hard to get people to engage with it because you can only share the summary so many times yeah you share it once that's it you share it again people aren't going to care they already read it once if they read it the first time so i think one thing that is beneficial to get people engaged from from a book perspective is to share the process of making the book and share snippets as you create it mm. and also show, show yourself writing the book, proofs of the book, all kinds of stuff to, to get people interested and more engaged in what's going on behind the scenes rather than just the summary and saying like, here's my book by, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think that, like, one of the big authors, his name is Brandon Sanderson, and one thing that he does on Instagram, which is pretty cool, he has, like, a progress bar for the different books he's writing, and he'll update it every now and then, and, like, update the percentage of completion, and it's arbitrary, because obviously, he's just, he's writing the book, like, yeah, it's, it's like, maybe he's through his outline a little bit, but he does that, and every, and people really do, like, 
look at it because they're like, okay, this book's almost done. Um, and he released mm-hmm. a book, uh, I think back in uh, November. One of the it became a bestseller right away. The whole nine, and a lot of the reason was because people had heard him talk about the book writing process. Uh, this past year, he started like really breaking down how he creates characters, how he does everything. And I think a lot of people got interested in it because he had YouTube and all these other all these other areas where his book was being plugged. Where even if you weren't interested in write like reading, you became interested in his book just based off of him. Um, yeah, I think that's one of those areas where it's like you start getting even even like for artists. I think the same thing we talked about this before. Like you you watch a, you'll watch interviews of your favorite artist when they go mm-hmm. on the Breakfast Club. And that's not like that's not them doing their music or performing, but it's you getting to know them better. And I think that's a huge piece is like you want to get to know whoever the artist is, whoever the the person behind the product is. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And that's something that I I want to try and do. I've actually been thinking about this idea for the last the idea originated a couple of years ago and I've just kind of re-sparked it in the last couple of weeks is um trying to start some type of blog or not necessarily a blog because i don't i'm a very visual person i know i don't like to read a lot of like long posts or anything like that i like to watch stuff and consume my content that way so one thing that i've I've been interested in doing recently is starting up a a content management platform for um creative people in in Connecticut specifically and then maybe it can branch out from there where we we share um different artists and different designers and different videographers and photographers and share their work and try to build this community of of people who are all engaging in what each other likes you know what I mean and that's that's similar in a way to trying to get to know the people behind the product rather than the product itself and and building a following in that way i think that that is something that is super underrated and something i need to get better at myself too because people love to see behind the scenes of stuff like you've seen a movie you look up like behind the scenes of the movie and you want to see more of what's going on and it's super interesting to see like oh that's how they got that shot or like that's how it sounded like before it was mixed and mastered and that's like the the artist's raw voice and like there's something so so interesting about seeing the raw product before it's finished and people don't a lot of successful people share that Hmm. and people get inspired by them and they get fans that way and the more fans you have the more hype you're gonna have for your next movie release or song release or book release or anything so I think that that's such an overlooked thing and it's it's interesting to me um that that more people don't do it yeah because he I feel like you really do have to look at the yourself as the brand and the product I think someone someone I had like listened to or I interviewed uh, from my other podcast they had mentioned that they were like you shouldn't be don't focus solely on the product because you can create that anytime like focus on yourself as the brand because people want to know you and if people know you then they'll 
they'll buy from you. They'll buy your product. They'll, they'll become more invested. And like, you become a fan of someone, like not of just their work and their art. You become like a fan of Drake's. So then people start to buy his clothing. That's not his music. And you start buying into his, his lifestyle, his following on Instagram and seeing him do other things outside of his art. And I guess yeah. that's like the, that's like the mindset. It's like really shifting, which is a cool idea. Just like you're more than just your work. So make sure your brand and who you are is just as out there as the the product or whatever you're trying to get people to consume. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I agree totally. And that's something that that's always been interesting to me about different people. Um, one of them being Cole Bennett, who's the, the owner and director and everything for Lyrical Lemonade. He founded it when he was in high school and it's turned into this massive thing where they started out with videos from local Chicago artists and it's grown just this past weekend. He released his second video that he's ever done with Eminem. And it's, it's crazy what this has turned into because while he just started as this kid who directed music videos for local Chicago artists, now he does music festivals and there's, tons of anticipation for whenever he drops any merchandise and all kinds of stuff that people just follow him as an individual and will buy into anything that he does not even necessarily his brand lyrical lemonade at this point it's it's crazy when you get to a point like that where you can do anything and you know people are going to be behind you supporting it Mm. yeah and that's like the and i think if you look at it in reverse that's really what that's really what it's about. He he has the right brand behind himself. So then anything he does just automatically carries weight because it's his brand. He doesn't just have to get stuck in the box of like, oh, I just produced these, these music videos. Mm-hmm. He decided to go beyond that. I think that's what anyone, anyone that's listening, if you're thinking about branding, it's like, keep that in mind. You aren't just that one thing. So don't get stuck in that mindset that you're, that you are just the one product that you produced. You're just the blog or you're just the podcast. It's like, nah, you could be so much more. And Mm -hmm. you have to think that way because eventually you will be. Yeah. And that's, that goes for anything, whether you're selling products or willing, whether you're selling services or anything like that. Like if I only did cover art and only sold cover art, I want to be a very good designer because I would only (laughs) do one thing, you know? So, um, yeah, it's super interesting and it's something that when you look at a lot of people who are who are famous for what they do not just an instagram model or something like that like they're famous for nothing half the time <laughs> but when you look at people who who are famous directors or artists or anything they they carry themselves totally different than a lot of just regular people hmm. You know what I mean? And that they understand what their image is and how to uh, mold that image. Like a lot of people look at Lil Pump as a complete idiot. He He's way smarter than he gets credit for because while his image is extremely dumb, he knows what his image is and he knows what he needs to do to maintain that image and stay relevant. And it worked for him. 
Like, there are people who look really, really dumb, but they're famous. Mm-hmm. So they had, you know how many people out there are the same, but don't do the same things as some of these people that you look at and say, oh, they don't deserve to be famous, but they, they know it's such a weird thing. Cause you look at all these people and you're like, they should not be famous. Like Lil mm-hmm. Pump, Lil Xan, uh, the uh catch me outside girl like (laughs) bad baby (laughs) yeah like they it's crazy because i feel like all of these people must be smarter than they come off as being maybe i'm wrong but i feel like they don't get the credit that they deserve for being where they are you know what i mean yeah i i think i agree because it's not it's not enough just to have the personality. You have to have the the ability to move with it too. And I think that a lot of them they created their brand, they saw success or they had their flash in the pan and then they were able to use that to leverage more opportunities. And from there it's just like how do they stay relevant? And they found ways to stay relevant. Um yeah. where other people can't even find one way to get relevant. So it's like that's, yeah, so that's it's how it is. I mean, they go about it a different way. <laughs> that's for sure, but it it works, and you can't take that away from them. Yeah, they learn. They they know their lane, so they just yeah. they just do it well. They they're famous for a reason. It's yes. not like there's so many people who think that they should be famous or whatever, but they aren't doing anything to to garner that um status yeah. you know what i mean like they just feel like they deserve it because this person has it or that person has it but i'm willing to bet that these people who stumbled into fame did did more behind the scenes than what you realize yeah i think I'll, i think most of it comes behind the scenes like projects take forever like i think we we started the we started talking about making this book cover back in october Mm-hmm. and I think it's December now and we'll probably have it done by January sometime in January yeah, and it's like definitely. how many people are really spending that kind of time on a single item right like mm-hmm. there, there's there's like quicker ways to get a book cover you go to Canva and create something that sucks and then just yeah. slap it on it's like dude you or you could spend the right about you could spend the time necessary to to make something that's that's dope yeah exactly and that's a lot of that's what's interesting is i've had artists come to me and say like i got i have this song like i want to put it out like i need a cover art and i'll be like all right when are you planning on putting it out i actually worked with an artist who wanted me to do an album cover for him and i was like when do you need the cover for like when do you want to put the album out and he was like oh i want to put it out like this friday and i was like it's tuesday (laughs) like it's Tuesday, you don't even have a cover yet, and you want to put it out Friday. So it's – that's what's crazy to me is I come from this marketing background, and I understand how a lot of this stuff works. And I, it's, to me, just common knowledge, but it's actually not common knowledge to a lot of people, which I, I never really realized until recently, is that people don't understand that things need to – be they need to marinate before you can just put it out there you know what i mean it's 
it's so weird. Yeah, it's a it's like anything that's worth it takes time. And I think a lot of people would benefit from just taking more time than they think. Like you can have a great idea, you could have a great product, but if you spend a little bit more time, it can be something even more amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of people think I got to do it right now. I got to strike tomorrow, make this happen this week. And that's not necessarily going to have the greatest yield long-term because you're thinking short-term. So mm-hmm. it's like spend the time necessary. It's not, it, it sucks to wait. I definitely, I felt the itch of like, <laughs> oh man, like I've been waiting forever. Or I'm trying to get like this book. We're trying to get this thing edited and get this thing up and running. And I'm like, this is taking, it's, it feels like it's taking like forever. But in reality, it's because you want to do it right. You don't want to just rush and do it wrong and then have yeah. a product that's not, that's not up to par or have something that's not quality. Yeah, exactly. And when you're doing it right, you rely on a lot of people. Yeah. Like it's not just you writing this book. There's tons of people involved. Yeah, we got, we got 12 have, beta readers. Like, got people Exactly. Right and, and all those people have lives and they have other things that they are doing. And when they're not working, they're hanging out with their family and friends and all that. And when they are working, they have other work that's not just your work. You know what I mean? So yeah. in order to do something right, you need multiple people in your corner. And sometimes it's hard because while you would like to have – 10 people who are 100% fully committed and dedicated to you at the end of the day, they're not your employees. They're not your full-time workers. So it's, it's tough to have something great come together in such a short period of time. Unless you do have your own company where you have 10 people working for you eight hours a day, then it's different, but like that's, that's half of it. Yeah, that is, that is. And especially because a lot of people aren't willing to pay for anything anyway or mm-hmm. want discounts and all that. And unfortunately it's like, you need to, if you want quality work, you have to pay people well, you have to pay them for their time. So yeah, all things to remember, especially with branding, especially when you start thinking about like, as you move through, I know 2021 is a year where people are thinking about different streams of income and different ways they can, they can move. And I think a lot of it is just remembering, like, if you have a project, you have something you want to do, make sure you're thinking it through. You're not rushing the process. You're talking to people because sometimes your idea can be improved or most of the time your idea can be improved. if You just chat with someone else that's smarter than you. Yeah. And even if they're not smarter than you, they could be asking questions that you never even considered. Yeah. Like, that's one thing that I go through every day with my job is I, I design um, websites a lot of the time. Uh, that's a big portion of my job. And we don't have a dedicated UI designer and dedicated UX designer who the difference is user interface versus user experience. A UI designer typically handles just how it looks and a UX designer handles the experience that a user will get from the product or the website or whatever. They kind of dictate how a user will use the product mm-hmm. versus um, someone handing, handling how it'll look aesthetically with like hierarchy and all that kind of stuff. So what's interesting is where I work, we don't have a dedicated UX person. I kind of handle both 
but while handling both, it's tough because sometimes I'm thinking as like, this looks good, but it's not the most usable product. You know what I mean? Mm. Versus I'm thinking of making it usable and I forget about making it look good. And then I'll show it to like one of my coworkers and I'll be like, what do you think? And then they'll ask me a question. I'll be like, well, I didn't think of that. (laughs) So, so it's, I don't even remember how I got to that, but, um, oh yeah, you need the opinion of other people, especially if you're trying to sell something to other people, you're not making the product for yourself at that point. You're making it for other people to use. Yeah. It's like the opinions of others matters. It matters. And I think that that's also, that's often like something that gets lost in creative spaces. It's like, if you make music, then yeah, you can make music for yourself, but if you want people to start listening, you want outsiders to to hear your your stuff, like at some point you got to have an opinion from someone else. You have to yeah. take someone's critique. You have to listen to someone that says this isn't a good instrumental for you. And yeah, be or okay with that. I I 100% agree with you. I have a friend who who makes music and he actually he is the the voice on the title track for the newest season of Rocket League, which is crazy, mm, that's crazy, crazy opportunity. Um, and I started to to work with him a lot, probably four-ish years ago when he was just making music and putting it on SoundCloud and just kind of sharing what he did. And I sent him a message. I was friends with him in high school, but I hadn't talked to him for about a year. And I was like, hey, man, like, I see you're making music. I'm into it. I can help you like with graphics and all that. And we've, we've developed this relationship where he'll send me stuff and he understands that I'll straight up tell him like, this doesn't work. This works. Like I'm not a musician by any means, but I consume a lot of music. Hmm. So as a consumer, I'll, I'll let him know what I think works, what I think doesn't work, where things can be changed just a little bit and all that. And he's receptive to it and understands like, what i'm trying to say versus some people will make horrible music and their friends will just be like yeah man like that's awesome that's good and they'll just lie to them like i feel like sometimes people are too afraid to like hurt someone's feelings yeah so instead they just watch them go and release a horrible song or something like that and which is way worse i feel like than just you should be the person to say like that's not it not the public you know what i mean Yes, it's like you should take the feedback that people are giving you and especially from people who are close to you, they should be the first people to tell you like this isn't it or But a lot of people go back to the lab. (laughs) Yeah, a lot of people are afraid to do that though. That's the crazy thing. They would rather just be like, Yeah, man, like that's that's good. Like what you did was good, even if they don't actually feel that way because they're too afraid of hurting their feelings or whatever. I'm not afraid to do that. If someone sends me their song and it sucks, I'll tell them. But I don't just straight up say, like, that song sucks. Like, I'll tell them why and where it can be improved and all that. I mean, people have stopped sending me music after that, but (laughs) you literally need to hear it. Because if you don't hear it from one person close to you, then you're going to hear it from the public. Yeah, and and the public is – the public will be brutal, so – yeah and i mean all music is subjective so i'm not saying i have the golden ear or anything like that but i mean if a song is bad 
I can I can usually tell <laughs> if no one else is gonna like it. Yeah, it's definitely like uh, I think in all these creatives, the, any creative world, it's like if you want to sell your product, you want other people to buy in, you have to start um, taking other opinions as well. You can't just think that you're that whatever you're doing is gonna work. A lot of authors have told me that like you your first draft is you writing the book for yourself, but after that, you gotta kind of mold it to what's consumable and how people like what's the best product because Mm -hmm. ultimately that's what it's all about um so i did want to give you a chance to tell people where they can connect with you online uh i'm on instagram at zach christensen underscore z-a-c-h-r-i-s-t-e-n-s-e-n underscore because the last two letters of my first name and the first two letters of my last name are both ch so they go together weird kind of interesting but yeah uh, i'm on twitter too but uh, i only tweet about the titans for the most part (laughs) so (laughs) so i'm gonna leave you with the last question um what inspires you what keeps you going uh trying to make new things that i haven't done before um one thing that I really want to get into is like videography stuff. And it's something that I've gotten, I have a little bit of experience in, but I really want to get better at that and, and learn more about it because I really think that the future of social media and all that really requires uh, high quality video and photo and just great content coming out of who you are and your brand. So I think that just always, being challenged to try new things and not just staying static and saying like, this is the way and this is the only way. Cause if you think like that, everything else is going to evolve around you and you're just going to be stuck there. And in 10 years, you're going to be obsolete and useless Mm. as a person. (laughs) (laughs) Not as a, as a, as a person in your field. (laughs) There we go. In your field. (laughs) So, um, yeah. Because, like, think about um, all every designer, for example, who, who only ever studied print, and print is becoming more and more obsolete as we move into a digital age. Um, mm-hmm. If you don't evolve with the technology around you and with everything else going on, then you're just going to be stuck in a spot where you're, you're not as valuable as you could be. So just always trying to keep up with everything, I guess, is what uh motivates me hey yeah that's important like recognizing one to continue growing is mad important like you have to keep taking on new challenges a lot of people get stuck doing the same old thing that they already know how to do they don't want to try anything new they don't Mm want to they don't want to do anything that's going to really test them like it's like dude go go try something go just go design a book (laughs) like just why not I have a I have an animated music video that's due what? in five days. I've never animated a music video before, but it's it's something I felt I could do, and it's a learning experience. Um, I've animated other things that when I first started, I didn't know how to do it, but by the end, I, I figured it out. So it's like it's it's interesting. Sometimes you just need to to take jobs you're not entirely confident you can do but just try and try and work with it and see what you can do hey thank you for that thank you for coming on i definitely appreciate you carving out some time to to chat it up 
Yeah, no problem. It, it got over before Monday Night Football. So that's, <laughs> Keep that's an eye on that clock. Yeah. Like what you just heard? Follow the Status Update podcast on Facebook and visit inspiredbyjamil.com for more content. See you next time. Compared to what I got I'm introspective but introverted The way I plot I want the help of Indian giving Turn my stomach to knots It's funny What you dread always grows into locks On your conscience The sensation rather toxic Speaking with a therapist Just to change the topic Like what you dodging You still home like Jackie Robson Thousand miles away Somehow we end up arguing